Welcome to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today my guest is Nathan Jones. He is the CEO of CLEAR, the global leader in creating natural, convenient xylitol-based sinus and oral care products that support a healthy lifestyle. We go into how xylitol is a great tool for supporting the oral microbiome and preventing cavities, as well as using uh, xylitol to help clear biofilm in the sinuses and uh, to also treat allergies and inflammation in the sinuses. And he has exciting research about how clear is a solution to decrease the viral load specifically against COVID. So this is a really empowering and proactive tool that's very simple and effective. And I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome everyone. I'm here with Nathan Jones, the CEO of XClear, and we're going to dive into his history and his story around XClear and with everyone's uh, respiratory track on everyone's mind, XClear and Xylitol is such a wonderful um, product, not only that we use um, at Sophia all the time, but it can be another thing to empower you as we all want to support our immune systems right now. So Nathan, welcome. It's really nice to meet you. Well, thanks for uh, having me on here and anytime, and it's good meeting you also. Well, tell us about XClear. So where did your journey begin with XClear and how did you really grow the company? Oh, you want to go back that far? That's like 20 yeah. years. We've, been, we've actually been in business for about 20 years. So where it started is, so the clear nasal spray, you know, I'll try to do it quickly, but the clear nasal spray was actually invented by my father in um, mm-hmm. 1998 to prevent ear infections in babies. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he came up with it and started using it is because They've known since 1968, 69, that xylitol prevents tooth decay. Okay, there's thousands and thousands of studies out there showing how it works. And what it does is it actually changes the microbiome of bacteria in your mouth from acid-creating bacteria to bacteria that don't create acid. My dad found out about the xylitol because in 1998, this new webpage called PubMed came online, and he was on there just querying preventing ear infections. And what happened is all these dental research studies kept popping up on these queries. And this is the first time, PubMed was the first time that dental studies were were, were indexed and and, uh, what do they call it, cross-indexed with medical studies. And so he kept getting these dental studies. And when the dentists were all doing the research on xylitol and how it prevents tooth decay, what they started noticing in all of this is that the, the kids that were using the xylitol gum were also getting 42% fewer upper respiratory infections. Mm-hmm. And, and a dentist in, in uh, Turku University in Finland did some research. And what they found is that xylitol blocks bacterial adhesion of strep pneumo, H flu, MCAT, staph, all these different bacteria that are pathogenic and cause all these upper respiratory infections. My dad read this and he goes, well, if it's doing it by blocking it, I might as well put it into a nasal spray and spray it in their nose because you have babies that were too young to chew gum. And when he started doing that, there was a, he had a 92% decrease. And he wrote a paper about that and, and sent it off and it got published back in 1999, 2000-ish. But I was actually working, I, I mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, that I lived in Seattle for a year and I was living there to go to underwater welding school. Oh, wow. You know, down, down on the uh, Lake Union Ship Canal, mm-hmm. I was going to school there. But I was working in Louisiana, out on the oil rigs in the middle of the ocean, just working out there. And my dad had this idea, and, and I was visiting with him. And I'm like, "Well, are you gonna? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna start a business? Or are you gonna take it?" And he goes, "No, nah, I'm just. I just want to be a doctor." Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "Well, what about me? I'll, I'll do it." And and that is where Clear started. So I quit my my day job in uh, 2000 and end of 99, beginning of 2000, 
And in June of, uh, June of 2000, we started our business. We are now 20 years and a little bit old. Uh, and, and we have been growing like crazy uh, for 20 years. I mean, we, we're all over. I mean, we're in CVS, Target, right? We're in all the major stores here in the U.S. We're in a lot of them in Canada. We're in South Africa, all over the middle. I mean, we're, we're all over the world selling this, this nasal spray. But a lot of people haven't heard about it because everybody's used to hearing about saline and, and uh, you know, steroids, antihistamines, decongestants. And, and where our product fits, it actually fits right in the middle of those two. So it's, it's, it works better than a saline and it's more natural than all the antihistamines and decongestants and the steroids. And it actually will do a lot of what the steroids do without using drugs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as a naturopath, well, I'm a naturopathic physician. And so I'm always looking for, you know, the most natural route. And of course we use all medicine, all medicine has a place at some point um, for some people. And so um, we've always loved um, the xylitol based nasal spray um, because uh, that it, it works of course. And then of course it's, um, more natural. So can you tell us like what is xylitol working and how is it really affecting the microbiome and making sure that these pathogenic or opportunistic um, in bacteria or even viruses are um, making us sick? Well, you're talking about two different things here because in the mouth, it changes the microbiome. Mm -hmm. Okay. In your nose, if your nose is functioning correctly, and, and I'm saying if, I'm putting those little air quotes up there, Though, if your nose is functioning correctly, you really shouldn't have that much of the microbiome. The problem is most people don't have a healthy upper airway. Yeah. Okay. In your mouth, you have to have a microbiome because when you chew on your food, you're getting the, the, the bacteria that create the enzymes to digest gluten, to digest, lact to digest milk, lactose, um, and to digest a bunch of our food. Those bacteria live in our mouth. Mm -hmm. Okay. What the xylitol does in your mouth is the bacteria that create acid, the strains of strep that create acid, they eat the xylitol because they think it's a sugar. They think it's food and they eat it, but they can't metabolize it. And so they just keep eating it and they become obese and pop. Mm -hmm. okay. mm -hmm. And over time, I mean, you can look at the Turku sugar studies, the Belize sugar studies, where they used it on these, on these kids. In fact, you're in Seattle, so there's a good connection there is when they did the belly sugar studies, they used xylitol for two years and the University of Washington Dental School went back there 10 years after the study was over and the kids that had used the xylitol still had over 80% fewer cavities because the long-term benefits are that it changes the microbiome so you don't get the cavities, okay? And, and people ask me how, that, how is that different than fluoride and how it's different from fluoride is fluoride, you know, there's a lot of people that don't like fluoride Fluoride, what they do know that it does is it remineralizes the enamel of your teeth. It makes it stronger, but it does nothing to address the microbiome. It does nothing to, infect, to, to affect the, the bacterial infection that is causing the cavities. And that's because most dentists, especially historically, did not look at cavities as an infectious disease. Mm -hmm. They're starting to do that right now. They're, they've been starting to do that over the last 10 years. And if you realize that, that caries is an infectious disease and you start looking at that bacterial process, then it makes sense to use xylitol. So, you know, you, if, if, if I have to choose between xylitol and fluoride, I'm going to choose xylitol every time. But my preference is to use something with xylitol and fluoride. And the analogy that I use on that is if you think of your tooth as a castle, mm -hmm. the fluoride, all it is, is it's the mason coming down there and making the castle stronger. That's all it is. 
Okay, but you have this whole army of invading bacteria with their trebuchets and their catapults and they're shooting all this acid up against your teeth. And, it, and it's kind of a dumb idea to send a mason out there to start rebuilding without addressing that invading army. And that's what the xylitol does. Mm -hmm. So my dad thought about using it in the airway because it blocks bacterial adhesion. All of that other stuff that comes up that we found out since then is just a bonus. But when he first started using it, the only thing that he thought of was, well, you know what, all of these, the strep, he thought he would get a 50% reduction because about 50% of ear infections are caused by bacteria. Viruses and other things cause other ones. But when he had a 92%, he was really surprised. But when he did, he started using it on older kids, kids that had allergies and it cleared up their allergies, kids that had asthma and it reduced their asthma symptoms. Because what it's doing when you use a saline spray and you spray it in your nose, after about 30 minutes, the salt is actually absorbed into the tissue, mm -hmm. which means it's going to dry your nose out. The water's going to follow the salt into the tissue. It's going to cause inflammation. Okay, not a lot of inflammation, just a little. But if you keep using saline, which a lot of people do, it ends up causing a lot of inflammation. And Dr. Nasuli showed this at a lecture that he gave in, in uh, 2015 of the American Academy of Asthma and Allergy. American Academy of Asthma, Allergy, and Immunology. I got to remember all the A's on that. But, um, but anyway, so, but that's what it does is, is the xylitol, when you spray it in your nose, it's going to sit in your snot and it slowly pulls moisture out of that tissue, reducing that inflammation and opening your airway. Mm -hmm. and, in, and in the paper that Nasuli presented, he showed that people that use our nasal spray as compared to a saline, in three weeks, using it once in the morning, once at night, had improved their airway volume by 36%. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 36% is a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, that's how, you know, that's a great statistic. And so um, I wanna get back to the mouth in a moment, but so with the xylitol, it's drawing um, inflammation and water out of the tissues. But, you know, from my perspective, I see a lot of patients with these chronic sinus issues, right? Chronic sinusitis. Um, they could be patients who have lived in a moldy home and that um, not only do they ha um, have inhaled mold spores for, for a period of time, but then that affects um, the bacterial overgrowth in their sinuses. And so um, if people do have dysbiosis or a opportunistic um, bacteria in their sinuses, does it do that same thing that you shared in the oral microbiome of how? Um, Absolutely. And that, and that, and that is, that's a good question because the thing, if, if you, I don't know how to describe it, but all over your airway, you should have a, a layer of mucus. Mm -hmm. Okay. And most of us, and by that I'm meaning all of us, if you live, especially I live in Utah, it's dry. You're up there where it's humid. Mm -hmm. um, but most of us don't drink enough water. We drink too much coffee, Starbucks up there, um, or Seattle's best coffee, whichever. <laughs> um, but all of these things are dehydrated. And us as a culture, we are dehydrated. But what that does is it dries out our airway. Mm -hmm. And that allows biofilms to, uh, to get attached in our airway. Mm -hmm. And if you have those biofilms, then you're gonna have, then you're gonna be susceptible to all of those things that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Dr. Ron Hoffman, uh, he's in New York City, but he wrote a great paper that was published, gosh, eight years ago, that pointed out that, that, that if you have any chronic sinus problems, chances are it's a biofilm. And xylitol is one of the best things for breaking up a biofilm, especially inside the body. And, and Mary Cloud Ammons, did a, uh, she's done a number of papers out of the, uh, Montana University, the Montana State, Mon University of Montana, 
They have a great biofilm research center and they've done a lot of, of research showing that xylitol, the bacteria inside these biofilms, though they think that the xylitol is food, they recognize it as food. And so they'll pull it into the biofilm and eat it and it kills off well enough of the bacteria that the whole biofilm falls apart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so if you can get that biofilm cleaned out of your upper airway, you're going to stop having those chronic problems. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great, I, I guess I hadn't thought of um, <clears throat> a xylitol nasal spray as a biofilm buster, but that makes a lot of sense. And for those, um, a lot of my patients know what biofilm is just with um, the treatment of chronic Lyme disease and everything. But if you could just share a little bit, the biofilm is basically what bacteria or opportunistic pathogens create. So then there, it's kind of like um, a layer. So white blood cells or the immune system can't go and um, clear that bacteria um, and what the immune system naturally knows how to do. It's kind of a way that um, bacteria um, evade the immune system. And am, am, am I missing anything around that? And absolutely. And the other thing is, <clears throat> is that even if you're using antibiotics, mm -hmm. antibiotics aren't absorbed into the biofilm. Mm -hmm. Antibiotics only work on what's called planktonic bacteria, and that's back free-floating bacteria. So if you have a biofilm, and, and I'll, I'll use ear infections in kids or, or sinus mm -hmm. infections in adults, but if you have a chronic ear infection or chronic sinus problems, chances are you have a biofilm, and every now and then a piece of that will break off. And that will go out and cause another infection. And you're going to get another round of antibiotics. It'll kill off the active infection, but it does nothing to address the biofilm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and I, I don't know if you have a webpage, but I can send you a couple of the studies so that you can post them for, the, for, your, for your people that, yeah. that they can read them. Because they're actually really good studies. Um, and, and it just talks about it, how it breaks up those biofilms. And if you can break those biofilms up, then you get rid of the chronic issue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's where, you know, um, a lot of our patients are struggling is our, the chronic nature of their illnesses that they see improvement and they, you know, keep having to do treatment because, but before they come to see us. And so um, these are um, strategies and thoughts that are not as mainstream as we um, would hope. And that's why we're, we do these things in the, uh, the podcast and everything. So, um, so Nathan, anecdotally or clinically, do you have any uh, length of time? I mean, I think, mm. um, I think it's a lifestyle to keep our, you know, um, our oral microbiome and our nasal passages um, preventing um, from getting um, infection and biofilm, but is there, if someone's having a chronic sinus issue and they need to address biofilm with uh, the xylitol nasal spray, is there a length of time that you've noticed or you've heard anecdotally that people need to stick with to really recover? In a, anecdotally, um, we have a number of, it, I mean, it varies depending on how often you're using it, but if you're using it every three or four hours, because your, your, your mucociliary clearance, your snot clearance cycle is usually three to four hours. Oh, wow. and, and so it, so what my father recommended is that on babies, that you use it every time you change their diaper. Well, what we tell people is for the first couple of weeks, use it every three or four hours if they have a chronic problem. Because what you're going to do is you're going to keep that pressure on and you're going to have a cleansing moment where you're going to just have a lot of crud mm -hmm. come out. I don't want to scare people away, but it happens. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, but, but after that, then that, that really is the biofilm breaking up. And really what it is, is it's anywhere from two or three days to two weeks. Mm -hmm. But within two weeks, it should, if, if it's a biofilm, it should, and you're, and you're using the nasal spray every three or four hours, it, it'll, it will have cleaned out that biofilm. Mm -hmm. 
That's a good point. I don't think I stress the frequency of dosing for some patients. Um, you know, so usually twice a day is what I share with um, nasal sprays uh, or something like this. So um, yeah, if someone has a chronic issue, maybe trying to do it three to four, five times a day, depending on um, yeah, how sick they are. That, that's a good, good clinical pearl. Thank you. I'm going to be emailing you some pictures that people are going to be showing me in my inbox. <laughs> what's coming oh, out we, of the asking, we, they, they would <laughs> they used to, to bring in, like I, I'm showing bags of crusty biofilm snot. I mean, just mat. I mean, ugh, it was nasty, but they would bring it in my dad and my dad would take pictures of it. And I'm like, I don't want to see it. <laughs> it's like a colonic for your nose. I get oh. those pictures too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so then Nathan, um, going back, we'll circle back again um, to the nasal spray because of the respiratory um, virus that we're all you know, very well aware of and research you've done, but I want to just circle back to the dental piece. Um, so we see a lot of patients who, again, have chronic illnesses. We look at their oral health. That's a big differentiator, I think, of how we approach um, chronic illness. So we look at um, silver fillings, we look at root canal teeth, we look at infections in the jawbone, and how we can always, of course, prevent um, you know, cavities as well. So you have some oral products as well. I, I'm not as familiar with them. So how do you address, um, what kind of products do you have to address um, the oral microbiome using xylitol? Well, we have the whole Spry dental defense system, Spry, okay. chewing gum, mouthwash, toothpaste, all of that stuff. Yeah. And again, that's where the big body of science is. There's thousands of studies out there showing how xylitol changes the microbiome, how it prevents cavities, how it affects all this bacteria. Mm -hmm. The using it in, in the mouth is actually a little different than using it in the nose because within a week or two, like I said before, your nose is going to have a cleansing moment. Mm -hmm. um, the research shows that you need to use xylitol in your mouth for about three to four months on a regular basis in order to change that microbiome. And, you, and because the bacteria in your mouth are changing so frequently, uh, or, I take it back, they're not changing as frequently as what uh -huh. they are in your nose. Because if your mucus, if your, if your snot layer in your nose, your mucus layer in your nose is working as it should, you really shouldn't have a, a really strong, healthy microbiome in your nose. Because every three or four hours, all of that stuff is getting trapped in your snot and pushed out the back. And you swallow and it's gone. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. In your mouth, you have all of this tissue in there that you don't have the mucus, you have saliva, which is not as viscous and it's not trapping as much of the bacteria because you need that, that, that healthy microbiome because there's bacteria in there that are helping us digest our food. Mm -hmm. and so, but what they've shown, and there've been a number of studies showing is it's about three to four um, months of using it three or four or five times a day. Mm -hmm. and, but after that, if you just use xylitol toothpaste or chew gum a couple of times a day, you're gonna be fine after that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm um, doing it more frequently in the beginning to shift things and then maintenance. Yeah, I have, um, we work with a lot of biological dentists and a lot of my patients will go and they're teeth cleaning and there's a, um, you know, more dentists are actually looking under the microscope of what um, bacteria are out of balance. And that's a good motivator because there's a lot of things um, in the mouth that people don't realize. And so, um, so yeah, no, the great, great pearls and um, yeah, no, and so, um, so simple. I mean, we're, we um, advocate for using alternatives to fluoride just with all the um, you know, side effects that we see and, you know, the, you know, the cost benefit, right, of um, using it doesn't seem worth the risk, but 
Um, but no, I, I think it's still a new thought to look at caries and cavities as an infectious disease or a, you know, um, dysbiosis of the oral microbiome. So I, that, that's a really great information. It absolutely um, is that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Nathan, um, you guys partnered with the Institute of Antiviral Research um, at Utah State University. So what, what kind of research have you been doing? What have you found? Well, that is something that is really awesome and mm -hmm. amazing. And hopefully you're going to be hearing about it in the news in the next month a lot. Great. Um, so, so the backstory to it is, is with our nasal spray, what we, you know, and, and I think you said this earlier, there is a time and a place for drugs, mm -hmm. okay, for medicine, okay. In our country and in our culture, we are way over-medicated. Mm. And by way, I mean, that's kind of a, you know, goes without saying. We're so far over-medicated, it's, it's ridiculous. And so one of our goals of, of a, as a company is to get people off of those drugs so we're not being medicated as much. Mm -hmm. And anything that we can do to, to lower the level of drugs that you have to use to us as a bonus. And mm -hmm. we were working with a pulmonologist out of Florida. His name is Dr. Ferrer, Gus Ferrer. Um, but we were working with him because there's, a, there's an antihistamine on the market that you use in pill form. And he has been using it and having it mixed up in a nasal spray because he found out and he read the studies from the 60s that showed that if you use it in a nasal spray, you can use one seventh of the amount of the active ingredient and the effect lasts for about three times as long. Mm. But the problem is, is it tastes really, really bad. <laughs> and he was a big fan of clear. So he called us and said, hey, can you mix some of this chlorpheniramine, that's the name of it, into your nasal spray and let, let me use it. And we said, sure. So we did that. And he did a bunch of studies and it works amazing. I mean, you're able to use a, a, a significantly smaller amount of the active drug. But in February, we were, we were in Washington, D.C. meeting with the FDA. <clears throat> And, you know, that was before the world changed. Mm -hmm. um, but we were meeting with the FDA and, and we were talking to them about this allergy medication and the pathways that we had to go through to get it approved to be sold as an allergy medication here in the United States. And what they came back and said is, well, you know, they get into this, all this. And when we, before we finished our meeting, Dr. Ferrer was like, hey, you know, this, this Wuhan flu, that's what it was called back then. It hadn't been given an official name. But this Wuhan flu that's coming around the globe, you might want to look at what this nasal spray will do for that. Because there's a number of studies that show that chlorpheniramine is, is a really potent antiviral with influenza. <clears throat> so the, the people at the FDA said, eh, our, our, our healthcare system's way better than everywhere else. We're not going to have that problem here. It's not going to become a problem here. But if you want to, then you can withdraw your application in the allergy department and go and resubmit in the antiviral department. And we're like, man, we'll just stay with the allergy. You know, the FDA, they know what they're doing. You know, it's not going to be a problem here in the U.S. <clears throat> so, well, you know, we were wrong. <laughs> but in March, when, when everything just went crazy, we started looking. We found out that here in Utah, they have a great antivirology lab. We sent some of this, this Zyclor is the name of it. And, and, and the, the, the crazy thing is, because of it's so safe, it's actually available for sale in other countries outside of the U.S. already, already, okay? But we sent some of this up to Utah State University to have it tested. How does it, how does it do against this coronavirus? And what we found out is this, this nasal spray killed it, just killed it as effectively as alcohol. And so we're like, that's great. So 
but what we what we didn't do and and we jumped the gun a little bit i'll admit it um is we did it as a complete nasal spray but and we figured it was the chlorofeniramine that was doing it and so you know we took all the science and they went and published an article about it but then we went back and we said well let's let's find out how much we need and so we actually split it out and we sent up the clear nasal spray and we sent up one with the chlorofeniramine and the clear nasal spray was killing it just as effectively mm. and so we found and so through multiple studies we found out that it, it's actually the grapefruit seed extract that we use in our product that's killing it. Mm -hmm. And so at 0.2%, the grapefruit seed extract in our nasal spray is killing the virus as effectively as a 70% solution of alcohol. Wow. That's, a, that's crazy. Yeah. That, so, I mean, are you going to be getting that word out um, very soon? Well, how, how are you going to do that? <laughs> well, let me, let me finish the story. So in, in June, the end of June, we, we actually submitted an IND to mm -hmm. the FDA so that we could test this on humans. Because in the lab, we know that it kills it. Mm -hmm. Okay, we know that. The U Utah State University has done three different studies, and the University of Geneva in Switzerland has done a study duplicating what they did in, in, here in Utah, showing that it does kill it. Um, our, our, our theory that we're working on is the COVID virus is, is an upper respiratory infection. Mm -hmm. At any given time, 90% of the viral load is located in the upper airway. Mm -hmm. So if you can spray an antiviral or a virucidal agent into your upper airway, you're gonna kill off most of them. Mm -hmm. So we submitted this IND to the FDA, the end of, it was either the end of June or the first, it was before the 4th of July, so it was probably the end of June. But we submitted that to the FDA. A month later, they came back and said, no, you can't do it. You can't do this study. And we're like, what? And they said, well, because your product is not a drug. And if you're trying to do a study showing that it has a drug-like action, then you have to have your spray reclassified as a drug. And we're like, okay, so you have this whole pandemic thing going around. You have our economy in a shambles. And you won't bend the rules just a little? And, and they wouldn't. So... You know, we went out of that and we were just like, like what in the, you, you would think that, that if you had something that was safe, that is on the market, that was available, that possibly could kill the virus, they would have said, yeah, go ahead and do some studies. You're not going to hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. um, but we didn't get that. But somebody called us and said, you know, after this meeting at the FDA, they called us and said, hey, that spray you're working on, you realize that because you have 20 years of safety data, it's not a drug. You don't have to go through the FDA. You can just find a research hospital and get their IRB to approve it. Awesome. And mm -hmm. that's what we did. So we are actually doing in-human trials right now in Florida. Good for you. And we should have all of that data back by the end of, probably by the third week of, of September. Mm -hmm. And have something published by the first week of October. Mm -hmm. And that's great. You don't even have to reformulate it. It's the current formula that you mm -hmm. have. Yeah. That's, that, that is the greatest thing. Because yeah. there's, 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 you get a lot of physicians that are out there like, no, that's too easy. No, you can't do it. No, mm -hmm. it doesn't work. But you have Stanford University looking at a, at a nasal spray. You have University of California, San Francisco looking at a nasal spray. You have Pittsburgh State looking at nasal spray. Because when you understand that 90% of the viral load is in the nose, mm -hmm. it becomes fairly obvious where you should be attacking this virus. Mm -hmm. so, and I use the analogy when I'm explaining it to, to some of our elected officials. If you have a, you know, your kids are outside playing in a playground 
and there's this big hornet's nest or wasp's nest right above the playground, you just sit there with a can of Raid and, or, you know, some other toxic thing to the wasp and spray the wasps as they're stinging your kid, or do you just spray the wasp nest? Yeah. yeah. And everything we're doing right now is sitting around here and swatting at the wasps rather than getting rid of the wasp nest. Yeah. 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 Go to the root cause. Yeah. And I would think that um, using your um, xylitol oral rinse, you know, as kind of a mouthwash too can help with decreasing the viral load of any virus that gets in that kind of lymphatic tissue around the tonsils and things too. Are you guys thinking that way at all or not really? Uh, well, the, the active ingredient is okay. grapefruit seed extract. And that is not in our mouthwashes. I okay. have something that we formulated that we're using, and we're and we're so we know that it'll kill mm -hmm. it. Um, but if if someone's worried about it, and and the University of North Carolina, they published a great paper in I'm, I I think it's June. Mm -hmm. um, but what they showed is that most of the tissue that the virus attaches to and infects is actually located in your upper airway. So mm -hmm. you may get infected through the mouth but chances are slim. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it's a respiratory disease. It's going to attach in your upper airway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, everyone just needs a bottle of that in their pocket, right? Um, so, no, that's so exciting and good for you for just, you know, um, you know, finding the door that will open to get this information out there. And so I, I know that's probably been frustrating and challenging, but I'm really excited to hear um, what you all find, and um, again, the simplicity of the solution, or you know, the solution to the uh, problem is, um, you know, just inspiring and with everything everyone's been through, um, you know, this year alone. Um, so Nathan, when we think about just the future of, you know, your work and kind of, you know, xylitol in general, I mean, are you thinking of any other novel applications or, I mean, this, hey, this is, you could, you could oh, put it about um, helping with there, the, There's the actually a lot of research yeah. behind xylitol coming mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. there, there's a conference that's going on and of course it's virtual, but, but mm -hmm. up until right before we started recording this, I was actually watching this conference and, and there's so many, I mean, it's just, amazing the science that's being done there was a paper that was published last so so now there's five papers published that explained the how and why that xylitol can can prevent and actually stop cancer progression oh wow okay and and i'm trying to remember what it is it's uh now, I'm, now i gotta remember the big the big words um okay. it does something about stopping gluta is it glutathione or something I'll, I'll send you the paper. Yeah. It's Glutathione, on paper yeah. Glutathione would be, um, you know, beneficial just because it's the detoxification um, phase two antioxidant, what helps with liver detox. But with cancer cells, I'm, I don't treat cancer, but I know that they um, love sugar and they love, you know, glucose and everything. So there could probably be some um, metabolic effect, I'm thinking. Um, that's that, that is exactly what it is. Yeah. So um, what about, you know, so that's really fascinating and that's awesome. Um, what about like gut infections? And, you know, we treat a lot of persistent, you know, gut dysbiosis and thinking about like the biofilm aspects and. Um, See, I, feel like, I feel like, I feel like when I answer these questions that I'm making this out, like it's some kind of pixie dust. But yeah. I'm gonna, I can send you this, but if you look up a Dr. Mark Cannon, okay. um, he actually published, and, and he was actually presenting at this AOSH, it's American Academy of Oral Systemic Health, they're having their convention right now. Um, mm -hmm. But he actually published a paper maybe two months ago, 
And he's out of Northwestern University, Leary's Children's Hospital in Chicago, um, with people that have um, irritable bowel and what is the one with the bacteria where they, they use so many antibiotics, they just can't keep anything inside? Well, there's not colitis, it's... Well, there's ulcerative colitis, but then there's um, clostridia infections. There's also a lot of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth after antibiotics disease, but clostridia usually overgrows and creates a lot of diarrhea and um, that's, stress that's after antibiotics, yeah. So, mm -hmm. so he's actually, he did some, some studies and people that have the C. diff infection, it's really hard to get rid of. Yeah. <clears throat> he just had them drink a, a couple of glasses of water with erythritol and xylitol. Mm. Mm -hmm. And cleaned them right out. They were healthy. Wow. Wow. And, and in the same paper, and I'll send this to you, but in the mm -hmm. same paper, he was talking about how using polyols like xylitol and erythritol in mm -hmm. babies can help. And I know this is a, this is a, this is a, you know, a big trigger point, but I'll, I'll, I'll send you this, the paper so that you can see it, but it actually helps stop autism mm, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. what they've done is they've actually shown that you have this bacteria in your gut that digests, uh, what is it? Calcium. What is it? It's not calcium lactate. It's calcium. It's a form. It's a, they okay. use it as a preservative. Oh, um, calcium, hmm. calcium propionate. Okay. Okay, they use it as a preservative in a lot of breads. They used to use it as a preservative in baby formulas. Mm. But there have been a number of studies that have been published over the last 10 years, and the baby formula companies don't use that as a preservative anymore. But the studies are out there. And, but what they've shown is that using other polyols other than, than hexa, sucrose, glucose, sorbitol, mannitol, maltitol, using other polyols other than those actually changes the microbiome of the gut to be a much healthier and resilient um, microbiome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd love to see that um, information for sure. And it, um, you know, I think there's uh, the exciting thing, um, you know, in our, our work is that there's so many tools, right? And I think sometimes when you just, um, you know, the conventional medicine, which I, there, I respect and there's a place for it. Um, you know, many of these specialists just have a couple tools in their toolbox. And it's like when you talk to someone like yourself or a lot of our um, alternative medical colleagues, it's like if you're struggling out there, the, I'm talking to patients, it's just, um, you know, there's a solution, right? And it just, you need to work with someone who's going to be creative and um, get to the root cause and find these innovative solutions that are quite simple. I mean, everything that Nathan's just shared is not um, you know, a million dollars and, you know, um, you know, taking your life savings and you holy, know, holy. It's a, it's a simple solution in so many ways. So this is exciting. I just, yeah, my, my mind is spinning with, um, yeah, of course, using it more with, uh, in a, um, more frequency with, um, the sinus application. Cause I have a lot of patients that have chronic sinusitis, again, keeping it up with, um, the oral microbiome and then thinking about gut applications. And then again, of course, with, um, you know, we're going to have to go back into the world again, right? And I know that every state is in a different place, but if we can have something that can empower us like clear and the grapefruit seed extract with the xylitol, that's going to be, um, of course, a very empowering way to go out into the world rather than a fearful way. And that's, um, you know, something that we're really passionate about sharing. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm not afraid to go out in the world. Yeah, me neither. But you know, there's with the U.S. As we're talking about this, I mean, people aren't traveling. You know, it's still very locked down. You know, we're like, you know, different states are very. Um, I was in Miami last week. I know. Well, kids aren't going to school, right? You know, so it's just. You know, 
you know, well, I live in a state where they're going to yeah, Zoom no, school. Here, here in Utah, most of them are in school, but they have a choice to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but I'm actually really surprised that they're not, that, that more, and I know this sounds really, really sad, but healthcare policy in our country is is actually being dictated by politicians as mm-hmm. opposed to healthcare providers, people that are educated in the arts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The FDA comes out and the FTC, they have all these guidelines for people that are, I'm using my air quotes in case you can't, educated in the arts, mm-hmm. but yet the people that are making the policy for healthcare have no education mm-hmm. in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it's really hard because what they're driving at is, is dollar signs from pharmaceutical companies. And so you're not getting a lot of these easy, cheap solutions. And I mean, we're one that I know of. I know, personally, I know of, an, of, a, of at least three or four great solutions. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the University of, uh, or, Stan- or Stanford University, they're using iodine. There's, there's a downside to it. But sure. then the downside is that, that, you know, a large segment of the population is actually allergic to iodine. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful how you do it. There's another group in Canada using nitric oxide, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which kills it. They've shown that it kills it. It's just making it stable and, and putting it out there on the shelf so you don't have to go to the hospital to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's other ones that are using seaweed and, and tobacco extracts that, mm-hmm. that they've used on HIV and using it in the nose because it blocks it. All of these things that go in the nose, you're talking about fifteen, twenty dollars, mm-hmm. as opposed to ten thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars to go to the hospital to get some of these other treatments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're friendly with a company called BrioTech in Woodenville that they have a stabilized form of HOCl, which is hypochlorous, which um, they have a mouthwash and a skin spray and a nasal application that they've also shown is another um, winning solution. So we have tools, you know, so there's a lot of tools, a lot of reasons to feel um, empowered and safe, but I guess um, we'll have to maybe elect you um, as a a policy leader. (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure that's on the horizon, right? No, I'm just, I'm teasing you. I I don't know. I I, I mean, I, I, let me put it this way. I don't think I could do a worse job than what our elected officials are doing currently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well said. Well said. I mean, I think a, you know, a warm piece of roadkill could probably do just as good of a job <laughs> as what our current elected officials are. I know there's a lot and, of. And that, I'm not saying one or the other party. I'm saying yeah, elected. No. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm just very adamant about health freedom and getting the word out of feeling empowered and these wonderful, really accessible solutions. So, um, so Nathan, any parting words of wisdom? You've given us so much. I know these are quick interviews, but I'm really um, grateful for your time and I'm really grateful for all the work um, that you've done and that you convinced your father um, to start this company. And I know that you're helping a lot of people, so that must feel really rewarding. Well, the, the two words that I would say is, is don't forget to brush your teeth, first of all. And the reason why I say that is because in, in, uh, in the United States, sales of oral care hygiene products is actually down significantly. We're not going out in the world. We're not interacting. And people are just not brushing their teeth, I guess, or they, I guess they're brushing it with just water, I, you know, but they're down almost 30%. Okay. We need to make sure that we maintain our hygiene. People that are healthy are people that are doing hygiene. 
And the other one is, is whether or not you use our brand, you know, Spry, make sure you're using toothpaste, mouthwash, chewing gum that are 100% xylitol sweet. Mm -hmm. A lot of dentists will just say, go get something with xylitol. And what happens is people go down to Walmart and they find the first thing that says xylitol and it's only half xylitol Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. not going to be effective. So then everybody's like, ah, this xylitol doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But so make sure you're using something that's 100% xylitol, toothpaste, mouthwash, chewing gum, mints, all of those. You can find them at pretty much every health food store. They're, mm-hmm. they're available. Um, the, the second thing is, you know, if you're worried about catching COVID and getting sick, find something. Clear is, you know, I think Clear is a great product, but find something that you're comfortable with, that there is some science showing how it kills the virus and it's safe to spray in your nose. You know, I mentioned the one with iodine. If you're not allergic to iodine and you have, you know, and you're worried about it, you know, it might be something to do. Nitric oxide, you know, there's a number of things that you can go out and look at that, that are going to help you stay healthy that aren't going to cost you an arm and a leg. Or with COVID alone. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I appreciate all your time and everything you've shared today. And if people want to find out more about you or clear where can they find out more information clear.com just <laughs> on brand there we right go. there clear i'm sorry i call it I, i've been calling it x clear for all these years and i've been you know what everybody you know, does. corrected you know clear, but clear, but, i, I but clearly it, do not see the c <laughs> uh, where it comes from is yeah. i'll tell you that the story behind the name is that clear my dad chose the name because it clears your nose. Yeah, yeah. And X is for the xylitol. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. It's a really great, it's a great name. Oh. It's a great brand. Yeah, I just, my, my eyes put a scene every, there when I never, never was there. there. Yeah, so. They call um, it everything. Yeah. X, Lear, Zlear. <laughs> no, there's all kinds of names. Hey, it but works. As long as you remember it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Nathan. It's a really pleasure getting to know you and I really appreciate all this um, advice and everyone who's listening will have information about CLEAR as well as some of those studies maybe that Nathan's gonna share with me that I can share with our community. And um, yeah, and we'll keep you posted as Nathan's research is coming out with um, his partnership with the Institute for Antiviral Research. So thank you, Nathan. Thank you.